0: Chapter 26 Robert Goranson was also the junior varsity assistant track coach at Nottingham High School. He'd competed heavily in college, placing well all through his academic years. He was naturally lean and fast, one of the only talents he'd somehow kept after his thirties. Endurance running is all about breathing which is something he couldn't seem to teach to children. That's why he was only an assistant coach. Goranson had no patience for children, but he could outrun the whole town and do so in professionally graceful strides. As he sprinted through the darkness, he loosened his tie and checked his pulse. He knew these woods better than anyone. He knew right where he was, and exactly where he was going. When he'd first bolted, he'd cut east to throw Ellis off his trail. The stoic deputy was now likely running in circles and headed toward nothing but more trees. But Gorenson was carving in a perfect arc straight to fast time, beating his best time yet despite wearing flat-soled loafers and khakis. As his toes hit the gravel of the building's parking lot, he looked around noticing a police jeep parked back aways with its driver's side door hanging open. He slowed to a jog and rounded the building, finding the pile of broken planks and the busted out window. Shit, he grumbled, scratching his beard and hiking up his pants. He trotted all the way around the building and kicked open the front door of the shop, He stepped inside, already shaking his head before Greer could even look up from his magazine. We're fucked, Goringson shouted, pointing his finger in the air. They're on to us already, goddammit. I just shook off two of them, but I see we're not alone here. How many have already been by? Greer slid his magazine aside and wiggled out from behind the counter. He shrugged, playing dumb so he might be punished. "'Just that fat old sheriff,' Greer said, wetting his lips. "'And he didn't even want nothing to do with the place. "'He said he was looking for Wendy Montgomery.' "'He put his gun in my mouth,' Greer said, stepping close to Gorenson, "'his voice lowering into a seductive whisper. "'It was a real big gun, Bobby. "'I liked the way it tasted.' "'Gorenson punched Greer across the jaw.' Blood flew from his mouth as he spit out a tooth and hit the floor, holding his face and bursting into tears. Then Goranson kicked him in the stomach and spat on him. You fucking idiot, he scolded. What did you tell them? What did you say? Greer shook his head, crying and moaning. Answer me, Goranson shouted, kicking him again. I'll tell you why this is happening. It's because of those goddamn bags you convinced me to buy. That's the last time I listen to anything you say, you fat fucking moron. Now get up. We gotta get rid of the shit before more of them show up. Where are we gonna hide it? Greer whined, spitting out another tooth. It's already hit as best as we can, boss. They ain't gonna find nothing. It's best to just go back to town. I'll talk to them if they come by. I'm a good liar. I won't let them find it. They're already here looking for it, Lawrenson yelled. He pointed angrily out the front door. They kicked in a window out back. I smell a fucking raid. The sheriff probably just wants all the credit for himself and came early. Looks like he's sniffing around in the dark over there. He's too close. We gotta get it out of here. I'm not going back to jail. Where are we going to move it, Greer asked, rising to his feet. Goranson took him by the hands and helped him. We're going to have to burn it, Goranson replied. It's the only thing I can think to do at this point. we got to burn it all, leave nothing left. He wiped blood from Greer's nose with his finger, and then he tasted it. Get the gun and the gasoline, all haul it out front. Let's move. Greer waddled out the front door and dug in the cab of a wheelless truck, pulling out a small revolver, a can of gas, and a box of matches and piling them in his arms. Goranson looked around and then quickly stepped into the arcade room and unplugged one of the video booths. He shoved it along the wall, revealing a small cutout section of flooring hidden beneath it. He knelt, And reached inside. He fished around a moment and came up with a stack of bestiality magazines. These kinds of foreign publications had been illegal in America since the 80s. Goranson leafed through them quickly, counting them in his head and stacking them onto the floor beside him. He reached back in the hole with both hands and pulled out a metal box. He set it down and opened it with a key from his breast pocket. Inside were various sedatives and powders, all individually wrapped and labeled. He counted these as well and left the box open, setting it aside. Then he reached in the hole a final time and came out with five unlabeled VHS cassette tapes. First he closed his eyes and smelled them. Then he held them to his chest and silently prayed, for them to somehow be returned to him then he sat them on the top of the magazines and stood up he slid the booth back in place and gathered all the things into a waste basket. he glanced around as he walked out the front doors carrying the basket into the gravel where greer waited holding the gun can we at least watch him one more time greer asked please bobby just a short one that one's my favorite, anyhow. No, Lawrence grunted. There's no time now. He sat the basket down and picked up the can of gasoline, pouring it onto the things inside. Hand me those matches, you idiot. Greer hesitated, looking down at the things they were about to burn. He didn't care about the drugs or the magazines. Those could all be replaced. But the VHS tapes and the precious footage on their reels were one of a kind, never could be recreated so beautifully. The bodies in those scenes were all burned and rotting in these woods surrounding them. It'd be awful work to make those films again. And even if they did, Greer knew they wouldn't get the same feel and pain they captured so perfectly. Give me the matches, goddammit. Goranson shouted, holding out a hand. Stop stalling and hand them over. Greer sighed and gave in, tossing him the box. Gorenson struck a few and dropped them in. Then the wastebasket burst to flames, and he dove back, fanning away smoke and coughing. There, he said. It's done. They got nothing on us now with the crap inside. I'll take the hit. Greer said, wiping his lips and trying not to pout. You just go on. I'll tell them it was me again. They won't do nothing but take me home. Goranson nodded, wiping his palms and staring out into the trees. Where do you suppose the others are? Goranson asked. I figured we would have heard sirens by now. Maybe I was wrong. But it's still best we did this. Word has already spread about the place over the police radio. Even if they don't come tonight, they'll come soon. And when they do, you just tell them you don't know nothing. The sheriff's already here, remember? Greer said, nodding toward the building and pointing at the pile of planks around back. He said one of his deputies, that angry one, Springfield, he said he was already here, too. Like I said, it didn't seem like they were too interested in the shop or the arcade. They both wanted to get into the garage. Probably just looking for a hiding spot, Corningston said. I don't think so, Rear argued, shaking his head. They were looking for Wendy Montgomery. The sheriff said she came here in a white hearse with some bad guy. He said they pulled into the garage, The sheriff wanted me to let him through the door inside, but I told him about how I don't have a key to it. Sounds like a story he made up in order to go snooping around, Gorenson grumbled, brushing off his pant legs. Yeah, Greer said. But then I wonder why he told it the way he did. Why wouldn't he just tell the truth and make me show him the hiding spot at gunpoint? I got the feeling he was really looking for Springfield and Wendy. I can tell a lie from the truth, Bobby. You know that. I think the sheriff is telling the truth." "'Oh yeah?' Corenson asked, sneering at him. "'So what?' "'Well, the what is what's behind that door,' Greer replied. "'You've never shown me, or told me. And maybe that saved us today maybe me not knowing was a good thing, but now I think you ought to tell me. If there's going to be a raid, and I'm going to take the fall, I think I should at least know what I'm assuming responsibility for. What do you have hiding in there? Nothing, Goranson said coldly, staring Greer right in the eyes. When I found the place abandoned, I went in there once. But it was just dug-out dirt, and rotted boards. It would have cost thousands to renovate. There wasn't even an outlet or a light bulb in the room. The front office was the only thing worth using. The rest is just dirt. Just dirt? Greer asked, squinting at him. Really? Goranson nodded. You're lying, Greer said plainly. If it was just dirt, why do you lock it all up? Goranson stared at him long and hard, chewing over his next words. When he finally spoke, his voice was low and mean. There's a lot of bad things that crawl out of dirt, Goranson replied. Maybe I was trying to protect us. Did you ever think about that? Greer became frightened. Goranson's eyes had begun to sparkle in the firelight, and it appeared as though he'd shifted in his shoes and now stood taller and wider than before. The dying flames danced lightly between them, cracking like bones. Do you want me to show you? Goranson asked, smiling. If you really want to know, I can show you. But I don't think you'd like it, Patrick. It's really scary. Greer's head exploded in a spray of blood and brains. Then his decapitated body convulsed a moment before collapsing over the fire, causing a dark cloud of smoke to rise upward in a hiss. Goranson shielded his eyes and stepped back. Ellis emerged from the darkened trees with his gun drawn. You didn't have to shoot him, Goranson muttered, wiping a bit of Greer's skull off his shirt and face. He had a weapon in his hand, Ellis said, stuffing his own gun back in his pants. Nice try losing me back there, asshole. Where are the rest of them? You tell me, Goranson shrugged. I just got here. "'What was that fat idiot burning?' Ellis asked, "'pointing to Greer's body and the ashes tumbling through the air. "'I don't know,' Gorenson said mutely. Ellis didn't quite believe him, but cast it aside. He looked around, spotting the jeep parked back in the trees. "'That's Springfield's truck over there,' he said. "'That means they're still here.' He spat and stepped away, walking up the gravel path to the front door. Let's go, he grunted. Take me in there and show me where they are. They walked into the small shop. It glowed beneath humming white lights. Ellis looked around, unimpressed by the decor and merchandise. He picked up a few magazines and tossed them on the floor, kicking them aside. Then he stepped into the empty arcade and sniffed the air, disgusted by its salty aroma lock, he said, backing out of the small room. He pulled out his gun and went behind the counter to the locked door. He tried its handle and gave it a shove. It was bolted tight with several padlocks. This is what you were talking about? Ellis asked, a little confused. This place isn't like I pictured, and why in the hell did you take off on me back there? I was just trying to get this over as soon as possible, Goranson replied. It's not my fault you can't run any faster. Just shut up, Ellis grunted. Look, I don't know what to tell you, Goranson shrugged, stepping toward the door. So if it's all right with you, I'd like to get back. My wife is likely worried sick. I've got class in the morning. Ellis nodded, figuring Goranson was now of no use. "'Sure,' Ellis said, wiggling at one of the locks. "'Just have Dwyer drive you back. "'I'll take that Jeep out there if I have to. "'I know where a spare key is hidden in it. "'Just tell Dwyer I'm fine and to go on home to his mother.' Gorenson swung open the front door "'and gave the place a final glance. "'Hey, Robert,' Ellis asked, staring at the strange door. "'What am I going to find behind this door?' What's back here?" Goranson's eyelids relaxed and a smile tore across his lips. "'I have no idea,' he replied. "'Maybe a few spiders?' Ellis glared at him, but turned his back, pulling at one of the padlocks. Goranson stepped out of the shop and ran through the gravel lot and back into the woods. He picked up a sprint and jumped over a log, ripping off his tie and throwing it into a tree. A new, unfamiliar sense of freedom was pumping through him. He ducked under a branch and spotted Ellis's squad car parked along the shoulder of the road. Dwyer was fast asleep in the passenger seat. Far to his left, Gorenson could hear the rumble of an engine. He crouched low and spied through the branches. Another police car was slowly making its way up the path toward the building. A young deputy was behind the wheel, and there was a sad old man cuffed in back, likely picked up from the motel. The man looked half asleep and defeated. Goranson knew this feeling well. It looked so pathetic on someone else. He hid behind a tree and let the car pass. Crouching to watch its taillights fade up the rise and out of sight. Then he whispered something to himself and laughed. A crude image flashed in his mind, but he shook his head and stood up, walking out of the woods and into the clearing of grass beside the road. He stumbled down the ravine and up to the passenger's window. Dwyer's head rested against the glass. Goranson knocked hard on it, waking him up. Dwyer blinked his eyes like a dog and looked around dumber. Ellis said to go on home, Goranson said calmly. He said to drop me off and go on home. I guess he's going to ride back with Springfield. Dwyer rolled down the window and looked at him, confused and tired. What? he asked in a yawn. So he found them? They were all up there? "'Yeah,' Gorenson said, looking down the empty road. "'They're all up there.' "'So what happened to Wendy?' Dwyer asked, rubbing his eyes. "'She'd gotten herself into a hole,' Gorenson replied. "'They had to dig her out.' "'That figures,' Dwyer said, scratching his head. "'She's always falling into some kind of trouble. "'Did they have a hard time getting her out?' "'Nah.' Goranson shrugged. Just another one of those dirty situations. I can't say I saw much of it. They sent me back as soon as they got in. That figures, Dwyer grumbled. We'll get in. I'm getting hungry. What time do you think the rest of them will head back? Hard to say, Goranson said, opening the passenger door for him and helping him climb out. Hard to say. Don't I know it, Dwyer muttered, rising to his feet. Gorenson slid into the passenger seat and Dwyer rounded the car and got in behind the wheel, adjusting it to make room for his gut. He started the engine and turned around, heading back down the road toward town.